1993, Final Approach changed the way we hunt waterfowl. Now, over 25 years later, we're back at it. My name's Mario, host of the FA Podcast. Let's talk waterfowl tips, tricks, tactics, and more. It's all going down right here with the Final Approach Podcast. FA Podcast. We've had uh, almost all the carvers on. Uh, last one we're getting to, Tom Christie out of Nebraska and formerly of Iowa, right? Uh, Iowa, Ohio, Michigan, <laughs> China, been all over the place. Been everywhere. <laughs> Did we're, you... we're settled down and retired now in, in Nebraska. Uh, that's where two of our kids are and the grandkids. Oh, perfect. So it's a good place to be. That's right. Did you... Did you live in China for a little bit? I did. I, I used to work for Whirlpool Corporation, the home appliance company, in their manufacturing division. And I was over in Shanghai for two years, 95 through 97, to build a washing machine facility for Asia. Get out. So that was a, quite an experience. And I was over there with my family. Oh, so my God. Got to do a lot of really interesting stuff, traveled all over the world, and and build a manufacturing plan. That's crazy. But Shanghai is really cool, though. It is. And it was, I mean, that was early Shanghai, so a ton of bikes still there. And, mm-hmm. uh, but 17 million people. Oh, yeah. City. Oh, yeah. And amazing experience. Wow, that's cool. I didn't know you did that. So, yeah, I mean... uh uh, well, before before COVID, that was like the first time I was in Shanghai was a couple of years ago, right before COVID, because we had a oh okay we visited a factory up there, and and normally we don't go north, you know, for the factories that we're working with, but that was the first time up there, so I got to see it. I was pretty, I I, I thought it was cool. It it's an amazing city. Yeah. yeah. Lots going on all the time. Right. <laughs> so we've had we've had Pat Godden on, we had Wayne Simpkin on, we have had Jamie Welsh on, and now we're doing Tom Christie. Um and and I go over this like every time we've talked to all the guys is you know, there's twenty nine world champions championships between all you guys. You have six of them. Um it's pretty it's pretty impressive for us to have the guys that we have, all you guys, and then also the range of talent. You know, because a lot of the a lot of the decoy companies, you know, they would you know, the not I don't want to say the tradition, but you know, usually the way it's gone is we got one really good carver and he's going to do everything and we're going to get him on a schedule and we're just going right. to crank, right? And right. and having the four of you guys and working on different projects at the same time is like, well, it's saving us a lot of time and, and making us, you know, speed up and have, you know, more products faster. But it's right. also, it also gives the decoys, and, and I know you'll appreciate this, it gives 
all the decoys a different look, meaning that Pat Carr's different than you and Jamie and Wayne are different. Everybody's different. Right. So everybody has a different eye and a different style. And, you know, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm super excited when I have, <clears throat> when I'm hunting and I have Pat's mallards out and then I have your widgeon and pintails out and I have Wayne's teal out and I have Jamie's spoonbills out and everything all together looks really good together but it also looks really lifelike because of the poses we picked the styles that you guys have and the finished products that that you know ended up you know being done with all the paint schemes and everything else everything looks so looks so good together it really does i agree and those those guys are good friends of mine but the, you're right they all have their own unique style and yeah. all of them are world champions and it's great to to be able to be a part of that team carving for final approach it, it like i said everything looks so good so um so then you know like we we go through like what got everybody started on the carving side you know and everybody has a right. different everybody has a different story of what got them you know hooked or into it so what what got you what year was it and what got you hooked it was uh, 1986 when i first started carving and what got me hooked was really um duck hunting so i started waterfowl hunting with my father as a as a kid and uh, grew up in that tradition but we did a lot of, of river hunting floats so not so much decoy hunting we would float down a sure. river in northern indiana and jump shoot ducks and that's a whole different style of of hunting but just as exciting and then i started hunting on my own um later and I, I kind of had a background in art and a little bit of sculpture and some woodworking and uh, decoy carving just combined a lot of those things for me. So in 86, I was using um, plastic bluebill decoys uh, on the Portage River in northern Indiana or northern Ohio. Sorry. Right. And uh, I and Gold and I were everywhere, but I couldn't get them to come into my <laughs> bluebill decoys they were pretty finicky and i thought rather than buy you know a bunch of uh of golden eye decoys i just thought i'm gonna try making them because it it sounded interesting so i made a rig of three a couple drakes and a hen i still have those birds in my Do you collection really? and uh threw That's them cool. out there and the first first time the golden eye came and wheeled into those decoys i was hooked on <laughs> decoy carving you were hooked that on doing so it yourself <laughs> you know it's like making fishing lures or right? anything where you, right? you use your hands to make something that's and huge. you get a result like that so it was a big thrill for me yeah that's life that's life changing right there especially in you know in the hunting hunting side of things or if it was a fishing lure and you know you caught a fish i mean that's a big deal something that you made you know right helped you be successful i mean that that's that's it right there 
It was a lot of fun, and that that just and then I got into competitive carving by joining uh, the Mummy Bay Carvers in Northern Ohio at that time. They're still operating. Oh yeah. As a matter of fact, it's a good club, and that's where I got in. I joined the club to learn more about decoy carving because I had just got a book out of the library and right. really had limited <laughs> knowledge of what I was doing, and they. Uh, great group of people there introduced me to competitive carving went to a few shows and that and i'm a competitive person quietly competitive person right so that decoy contests and competitions really struck a chord with me and that's how i get involved in in competitive carving who who was who was influential in helping you because you know like like talk to you know, talk to Pat and Pat talks about, you know, his mentors and who helped him. And actually Jamie talked about how Pat helped him. And then because Jamie's, you know, Jamie wasn't, he's in South Carolina and that's not like a hotbed of, you know, carvers. Right. So, right. So, you know, you being in Ohio and moving to the places that you've moved, like you had probably some decent carvers and guys to learn from. Yeah, I really didn't have a mentor, somebody that I carved with all the time. Right. So the club was important sure. for me because I could. Uh, they would have some seminars and. Oh yeah. And uh, they had a a guy named Bob Bully from Roseville, Michigan. He was a good, very competitive carver at that time. This was uh, late '80s, okay. and uh, Bob came and did a just a one day seminar for the club, and. That got me going on the painting style <laughs> yeah. that I wanted to use, and then, um, but it was just that one day seminar, and then just good friends that I met in competition, and I would try to learn every competition I'd go to, and get beat at. I would <laughs> learn <laughs> what I need to do differently, and and met a lot of great people like Pat Godden and and Jim Vizier and yep. uh, Tan Brunet and. Dick Rohde and Rick Johansson and Jet Bernay and all of those people had an influence. Didn't copy what they were doing, but definitely learned by right. competing against them. Right, right. Had had a little influence on you and stuff. Like that was the, so the Jimmy Vizier. That was like one of the when I when I got serious as far as me trying to carve or do stuff that was like the first book because I, I it's always been a pintail for me that's always been like the bird so right, right and and jimmy had a great book on doing a pintail and i was like i've got that book yeah i know what you're talking about <laughs> so um i mean that was it that was it for me that that kind of maybe you know catapulted me to getting a little more serious about doing that so right um jimmy was a really good friend and unfortunately has passed away but yeah we would sit together at carving competitions and you know mumble to each other as the judges were judging and you know and i got to know jimmy very well and uh, he was a he was a good man and a good influence yeah and a great carver oh definitely all that um pat pat is related to jimmy correct did he marry yeah right jimmy is his father-in-law right that's right he 
he married Jimmy's daughter, which is like, that's crazy to me. Like, that's like the carving world is really small. <laughs> right. That's nuts. Here's this Canadian guy right. going down into the Cajun right. uh, world. But th there's a great connection there, obviously, and um, a great group of people. Yeah, because that, so that, that, that was that Louisiana section of all those carvers which there was a ton like you want to talk yeah. about hotbed right. of carvers that's right a lot of talent oh. down there and the Bernays in, right. in particular right uh Tanjet and Jude you know won a lot of world championships between them yeah I mean you know when you when you think of carving you know when you think of carving you know you think of the Bernays hundred percent just because there's three of them right then then you think of job's you know from the eastern shore in maryland different style different everything you know what i mean but but there's just certain right. names that come up and and obviously of course when there's you know when the whole family carves <laughs> you know you hear the name more <laughs> right so and there's del herbert in california oh yeah Tom Matis, uh in Idaho, Idaho yeah, a, a lot of great East Carve, East Coast carvers like Keith Mueller and yep, all, all those all guys huge had names. influence on what I was doing. Too. Oh yeah, all all huge names. We're all trying to beat each other. So that... <laughs> yeah, but it's a, like you said, it's a silent <laughs> but, competition. It's a quiet, competitive, you know, deal. Right, <laughs> but but also forge great relationships through competing against each other and hanging out at the shows well it's and kind of having something in common a passion right. in common well it's it's definitely a gentleman's sport and a gentleman's competition and you know i think you know like jamie was talking uh about you know, every time he lost or something, he learned something. You always lose more or you always learn more when you lose or whatever, you know, as opposed right. to winning. So, you know, but but he would ask guys and they he would get their feedback and, you know, and he always talks about and, and I think all you guys do the same thing. You're you're willing to help another carver, you know, get better or if they ask for help or anything i think all you guys are there to help that's the difference yeah, for sure you know because we all got help along the way right and still need help you know right <laughs> well and if you want nobody's the sport, got it knocked you know? right so right and if you want still the sport, learning every time right and if you want the sport to keep growing and keep going then you got to help the next generation you know get better and and learn and all that stuff. So that all plays right. into it, right? Absolutely. And Jamie's exactly right. I learned a lot more from the losses than the sure. wins. Sure. And I lost a lot more than I won. But that's part of, you know, you have to develop a thick skin. A lot of people just can't take the competition because they disagree with the results. Right. So vehemently that, you know, it just ruins it for them. And I get that. But, you know, the, my longevity has been you're going to lose too so get used to it right i mean that's 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 part of it we're talking to tom christie one of the fa carvers who's done a bunch of stuff and is you know if you want to check out tom's stuff you just go to tomchristieart.com 
uh, I mean, God, just looking at your gallery on the uh, on the website, you know, you know, guys could go on there and gals can look at, you know, what you've done, what you're doing. You're always doing commission pieces. Uh, you know, there isn't a there isn't a time where you're not busy. Um, the book. Let's talk about that. Yeah, I, I did a book last year, Creating a World Rig, and it uh, really came out of the competition at the World Carving Championships called the World Rig, and it's a, it's a combination of three birds. It has to be a pair of one species, and then you can match that up with a, another species or right. put a third of that same species in the rig, and then they're judged out in uh, the bay. Right under natural conditions and five uh, judges all take a look and, and decide, um, you know, the best, the top three. So I decided to write a book around the world rig because a couple of things, I love that comp competition. I've won it six times, but also it gave me the opportunity to do three different birds. And I do the carving from beginning to end on, um, a pair of mallards and a drake widgeon, and then also the painting instructions step-by-step right. step for all three birds. And it's been well-received. I mean, it's step-by-step step and, and details. And I mean, listen, there's also, listen, there's, <laughs> well, Jamie and I were joking about this as well. And, and same with Wayne and, and Pat will tell you the same thing. I mean, the amount of information if you want to carve today, the amount of information online with videos uh, for painting, for uh, patterns, for whatever, Just for reference photos oh, of, God. of wild oh, birds, yeah, uh, yeah, the photos. I mean, we, I mean, we could we could sit online and go through reference photos for hours, right? And we do that. Yeah, and, and we do do <laughs> We do. <laughs> and the crazy part is, you know, none of this stuff was really available when all you guys got started and, and, and started coming up through this. And the guys before you had it even worse. So uh, it, it, is, it is so, I don't want to say it's easy. It's not easy to carve and paint, but it is no. easy to get quality help and direction online or or any anywhere else between the books and you know like it used to be just you you'd buy the 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 uh wildfowl carving books or i think that's what they're called i don't know i have so many of them i don't even like you know you would just get that subscription and they would just keep coming and you'd be like oh so-and-so's doing this bird this month like look at this and here's the paint steps and i mean and now you can see all that you know, live in a video and it just blows you away. You know what I mean? Cause you could just get that right. info immediate. I I've been doing some painting videos because I think, you know, the book is one thing, but it's so helpful to see the technique being done in real time. And, uh, that's been a good thing. Well, I will say this and I've said it, I've said it time and time again, all of our carvers are incredible in their own way. Um, you know, uh, uh, Jamie and Wayne will do a very like rough sketch of a of a pattern, and 
<laughs> like when I send this out to everybody that wants to look at them before we start, when we first started doing decoys, they were like, um, yeah, okay. Because the, the, <laughs> I think that'll turn out good. Like I think they don't I like that. Yeah. I, I don't know because here's the thing you go, you go and spoil it because you do this sketch and drawing and the sketch and the drawing is like world-class sketch and drawing, which has like feather, it's all in pencil and it's feather detail and it's down to this and everything's in there. And you're like, you're like, oh yeah, that's going to look killer. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that. I, I started doing that because it, it helps me understand if I really like the pattern if I develop it a little further and put some shading gotcha. in, you know, a little third dimension to the, to just the flat outline of a, right. a duck. So I, I appreciate, thank you for the so, compliment. So let's, cause fun. we, cause yeah, we ended up taking the widget and the pintail sketch and putting them on, we put them on two t-shirts this year and the t-shirts are available and they look so killer because you could see like this is this was the first idea. This is how it started, and then you get to the decoy. I mean, and it's, you know, it's exactly how it was on the T-shirt in the sketch, and it just, I don't know. That part blows my mind because I go back and I go, okay, so you're talented at carving, and then you're talented at painting, and I'm like, where did the, where did the sketch stuff come from? Like where, like was that part of your business before like before carving like like where did that come from yeah i had always had some talent in in uh, drawing and painting and even in high school took right. a bunch of art classes a long time ago but, gotcha um really had a love for drawing and, and was pretty decent at it but i got some good advice from my dad he said tom you might have a hard time making a living doing that. So you may want to think about engineering. So right. that's when I, I decided not to be an artist to make a living and uh, went to engineering school and, and went into manufacturing. But I've always had uh, drawing, painting in my background. And that that's where it comes from. Just fortunate to be able to do that. Well, and I love the t-shirts by the, the way. The t-shirts look I, great. Even the dimensions, <laughs> the dimension lines are on there. Everything. I got a big kick out of that. Everything. That's what I'm saying. The exact picture, the exact picture of what you sent to me on paper is on the shirt. Everything from your signature on it to, you know, your lines, everything like you said the dimensions, like everything you were doing is on there and I because because once I got those like I got we did the widget first so I got the widget and I was like oh my god these are gonna be so killer and then then we get the pintail and then we started talking we were having like a meeting and we we're talking about t-shirts and hooded sweatshirts and we're, and I'm like I'm like I'm like I want to put the sketches on a t-shirt I said this is like this is a fr this should be framed you know what I mean I hope you have them somewhere because they. they I don't know if you do that for all the birds, it's incredible. So I, that's the part that I blows do have me those away. And I, yeah, I appreciate it because you're right. It kind of captures the. Those were from the early conversations you and I. Yeah. Had as we're visualizing what is this decoy going to look, look like, like eventually? Right. 
and trying to get that in paper. So it kind of captures the just the the spark of the idea and the beginning of the project. Well, you're right. Well, and like you said, everybody has their different way to go about it. Like I said, Wayne and Jamie give me like just literally dimensions and a rough draft and how the head is going to be and no detail in it. And then, then their process is they're going to do it like that. And then like, that's when they're like, when they're carving and going, that's where the creative side is coming out like live, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And it's going and Pat's kind of like that too, because I'll get a good, a good sketch from Pat, not as detailed as yours, but that's when it starts coming to life as those guys start carving and, and, you know, making a move and, and they always send me pictures to update, like, here's what it looks like. And I'm like, Oh, that looks killer. And then it's like, Oh, it's getting better. And it's like, you see the cool thing for me is I get to see the whole process from sketch to roughed out block of wood that's just kind of looks like some kind of bird but you're not sure <laughs> yeah. and then it right. just turns into this you know incredible decoy when you get done so it's just such a cool process that um i enjoy going through it with you guys and you guys make it super easy and and super fun and, it, and it's just like because there's no real wrong or right, you know what I mean. Like right. the only thing we right. kind of, the only thing we kind of do, and 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 Jamie and Wayne talked about this too. Um, you know, I I know enough to leave you guys alone, as far as talent and creativity, and and y you guys being in such a creative mind, right? You guys appreciate that because nobody who right. has a creative mind likes being told like how to be creative exactly i guess exactly what it's gonna look like you just <laughs> you just crank it out right yeah. right i so, agree with you and so, i'm an old manufacturing guy 40 plus years in manufacturing so i enjoy the whole process of the not only creating the master carving but then seeing it come to life and then, you know, the crescendo when people actually get to use these I things know. and have fun in the field and kill some ducks using them, that, I, I get a big kick out of that because I'm an outdoorsman and right. I, I can appreciate that. Yep. Well, and it, you know, the, the, the other thing is, you know, you, we go through the carving process, we get it all dialed in. And then we get to the paint process and, you know, everybody has a say in the paint process as well. And, right. and you've been very pivotal on that, that section because, you know, I need the factory to like step up their game as high as they could step it up to stay like... <laughs> try to keep up and try to stay in line with the quality of the carvings that you guys are doing. So, and, and, you know, there's been some consistently, right. And there's been some yeah. tweaks and there's been some, you know, there's been a miss here and there, and then we get it corrected and, and stuff like that. Right. But, you know, the thing is, you know, when you guys do a carving for a contest, you are doing one bird you're sitting there and you're doing it you could be doing it for a year 
you know what I mean? And making sure everything is right. And then you enter it in a contest or whatever, right? right? You know, right. we are sending a master decoy over and they are doing, you know, hundreds and thousands of this bird and trying to keep the paint scheme like right on the money. So it, it's uh it's a mass production that you you're just trying to stay you know trying to keep the <laughs> keep it grounded and keep it going in the right direction so it's not as yeah and you have to keep your costs reasonable too yes and again my manufacturing background right. when i'm right. painting samples i'm thinking there is no way that somebody's going to duplicate that particular thing in a manufacturing environment so we're going to have to do it this way and and, and i think that that's yep. helpful that definitely i mean that that's been that's been a helpful part as well because you know you understand you know which way it's got to go and hey we can't do this because they're not gonna be able to paint this way or we got to do it this way so and and it's the same thing on carving we got to do things a certain way and you right. know feathers and detail and it's got to be molded i mean there's you know, this isn't just like you carve a decoy and you send it over and it comes back looking awesome. There's there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff that goes into it, and it that's I mean that's the fun part number one. Right. <laughs> right. So so that's what's made it all worth it because you know the the stuff that's coming back last year last year was a huge year on the widgeon, the pintails, the gadwall. You know, those are all your birds, though, you know, right. huge, huge year. Everybody's excited. Everybody thinks they look killer. And and it's also not even just, you know, we talk about this all the time. You and I always, always go, I always go back to this is, is not only is the carving good, the paint good. It's just the, it's the attitude of each bird. Each bird has that attitude. And that's the thing that I think makes, you know, maybe our our line of decoys, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's, to me, it's a little bit cooler because, you know, that widget has a certain you. attitude. I think you know, the. You guys have been doing a good job of trying to go the extra mile and, and give people something that is unique and yet, you know, fits in a rig. Right. So we're and compliments the other birds they have. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, you, you know, you have your, you know, everybody's going to have like a dozen or two of Pat's mallards, right? That's a guarantee, right? Like no matter where right. you go, you're, you're seeing mallards, right? In, the, in anywhere. And then it's like, depending on where you are, like, okay, are you, you know, are you adding your gadwall or are you adding your widgeon or your pintails or Jamie's spoonbills or Wayne's, teal or his canada goose floaters or what what's being you know what's being added so there's so so much and 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 everybody like i said everybody's birds all together on the water to me looks it looks so cool because everything there's different head positions everybody's got a different style they all don't just look cookie cutter-ish let's call it where it's like they all just you know it everything looks so good together and that's that's probably what we're probably most proud of is that when you go out to hunt and you put everything out no matter what you put out it's going to look pretty cool with the different head positions and body positions and the coloration and all that 
Right. Yeah. Right. I agree. Um, tell me, well, we could talk about what's coming new. We'll talk about that. We're talking to Tom Christie, one of, uh, you know, six time world champion, F.A. Carver. Just he's done a ton of stuff. If you're not familiar, my God, go to his website and look up. Just look through the gallery and you'll see the the quality and you'll see the just the birds just look like they're live. Um, new this year, it, it's taken a long time uh, for this project and a lot of wood. <laughs> the, the new live honkers are coming. Um, they, they're getting finished in production. They're going to get moving over here. Um, the amount of detail in the honker carvings because they're, they're life size. They are without a doubt, 10 pound plus honkers. They're big. And the amount of detail that we ended up putting in there, just the feather detail. And we ended up doing the, the lifelike legs, uh, which were rate, you know, which I sent you legs and then you carved legs, like like just everything about those birds that are coming uh, and the coloration, everything is right on the money. So I think when you see those uh, finally, because we've had them at some shows, we've had the samples at shows and stuff, and people are just like bugged out and think they just look killer. So I- I'm excited. I'm really excited to see them. <laughs> And you're right. It was a ton of wood. Yeah. And I remember the day I got a box <laughs> from you, Mario, and I opened it up, and my wife said, "What? What did you get?" And I said, "Well, box of goose legs. <laughs> Something you don't get every day." But, but I used those faithfully, and uh, I really enjoyed the project, the scale of it. You oh know, yeah. A lot of a lot of tupelo. Yes. Had to find some special wood, but um, really enjoyed creating those decoys. So. I'm anxious to see them hit the market. Well, the um, the thing that I noticed when we got the first set painted and flocked, uh, when we flocked the the neck and the head, the the and we had talked about this beforehand about making sure we make the detail on the neck and the head, you know, pretty pretty deep and pretty big, right. Because I can tell you when the flocking comes on those decoys, you can you can see like the neck ripples and because we you know you you ended up doing those a lot deeper than normal and and because we knew we weren't just gonna paint them, we were gonna flock the heads and the neck. So you know you know that flocking is gonna take away some cool texture and some cool uh, part of the carving process. So I think we. I think we did a damn good job because when you stand back and look at those with the with the flocking on, like you could see, like you could see the neck. I don't know. You just have to see them when when in person. And you look at the neck. You're like, okay, I know what you're talking about. Like that's like you're talking about the extra mile. Like trying to go and do a couple other things that guys will appreciate and and while they're hunting and you know using the decoys. So it's pretty. Right. That, that's a cool part of it. Well, I'm glad that translated. Oh, it did. Because I've only seen pictures of the birds at this point. But, yeah, we did talk about it. And there's no use putting a ton of detail that's just going to get covered up by right. flocking. Agreed. So, 
Agreed. So we, you know, we knew. But knowing the amount to put in there, I'm right. glad it's it's coming out the other end. No, well. I thought it. I think it looks great. I'm excited about it. I think everybody will. You know, the, there's just some little details on on those decoys that, you know, that that take that go the extra mile. You know, because the those decoys are gonna be at a higher price point than the other honkers that we have. The other ones are just a price point. You know, get you in. These are more of an elite. Um, you know, honker decoy because, you know, as you know, as a hunter, as time goes on throughout the season, birds get harder. If you're in an area where you're, you're, you're always hunting tough birds, like you need every, you know, edge you can get. So, you know, that's right. That's why you got, that's why you got to do it. So I think we've done a really good job at, at stuff like that. And, and it's just like you said, it's about the details and, you know, putting putting our foot forward there on the detail side yeah that's exciting i'm i'm pumped there's lots going on there's a ton going on um and there's lots coming for next year as well and we're working on some projects and we won't talk about it but there's a lot coming but i'm sure we'll we'll just get on another podcast next year so we can talk about it so i'm good with that (laughs) good all right (laughs) that sounds good Listen, all this was great stuff. I hope some people really got some info out of it. Uh, if they want to uh, get a commission bird from you or do anything, they just simply need to go to tomchristyart.com, right? And get a hold of you right. there. They could look at, you know, yep. look There's at your gallery. There's a contact form yep. page on the website, and they can just email me through that yep. and then start a dialogue. That's That's awesome. I appreciate you mentioning it. Yeah, I appreciate it. And then the book, where is the book for sale? Um, I know it's been a few it, places. Uh, yeah, Wildfowl Carving Magazine sells the book. Okay. So you can get it from them. I did see it's on. it was on Amazon oh, awesome. as of a couple of weeks ago. But when I checked again, they had sold the ones that they had. I, I assume that will get refurbished. So you can get it on Amazon, I believe. If you're, you know, if you're a hunter or you just like decoys or whatever, you know, Pat, Pat has one out, you have one out and there's so much like as far as videos and, you know, you're, you're, you know, you throw some stuff when you're on your Facebook page and you have like, Hey, I'm doing a, you know, I'm going to paint a spoonbill or here, like that stuff is so cool. If you're into decoys or you want to get into carving or you, you are carving, like that's just that's just some great great stuff out there for everybody it really is yeah. i've got good feedback on the painting videos i think it's it's something a lot of decoy carvers struggle with you know they a lot of people know how to carve but to yeah. paint that's a challenge and so it's i really get a kick out of it when people send me pictures of the the decoys that they've made that's cool you know with the help of the videos so yeah i mean that's I you know it. I mean, that's, that's, that's part of it. You know, that's, that's helping the next generation. That's helping some people out to keep the sport going, keep it growing. Um, you know, that's the cool part about it. And, and listen, just like you said, you guys got a lot of help when you guys were coming through and you just keep that going and, and help anybody when they need help. That's the, that's the, probably the, that's probably the coolest thing about, you know, the gentleman sport of, you know, decoy carving and, and, and that is, is how you guys operate and treat each other. You know, that's pretty well, Pat, special. Pat Godden's been doing it for 40 plus years. Yeah. So I've got all of his pattern books and they're all 
you know, worn out because <laughs> yeah. I've used them so so much. Not not to just copy what Pat did, but sure the reference you know, and looking at the stuff, reference dimensions yes. and things like yep. that. You you just you don't know when you're starting out. And so, oh, you don't know where to turn. Really good books. It, it's very intimidating. And, and if somebody's listening out there and, and, and is intimidated by starting to carve, like we were all there. So, right. you know, if you, if you like doing it or you want to get into it, like you just get into it. Like don't, don't have any expectations of what, you know, the bird's supposed to look like, like you're not going to be a world champion, like right off the bat. So, you know, Start out slow, learn some stuff, you know, you know, whose style do you want to not copy, but you know, what do you, what do you envision it looking like? There's so many carvers out there to, to look at stuff and reference and, you know, that's the cool part about it. And it's, it's at your fingertips. Now you don't have to, you know, search high and low to get one little piece of information. Now there's so much out there that you could just jump right in and get as much help as you want so that's yeah the, that's the other great my first part. decoy looked like a potato i think <laughs> floating out there on the, in the river but you know i had the design and that's really all it takes is the, if you want to do it and you're <laughs> willing to try to make each one that you do better oh you'll my get God. better and you'll mine you know it's it's very rewarding it's fun fun hobby my my first was my first was not good, and then we blew up the mold, <laughs> like because we wanted to try to mold it. Like oh, it was just it was a train wreck, but it was fun. <laughs> so, oh my god, I had I had I, I had so much fun doing that, and and you know I realized like you know as you go through it, you realize where your strong suits are and what what not to what what you're not that good at and keep that to the basic and simple and go from there so right, so right. you know because listen there's and just the thrill of if you like hunting yes you know making one of your own you don't have to make a you know a, a full rig of them but right. throw one of your own out in your rig and it it just gives you a little extra kick that you've got a decoy yeah. out there decoying birds in it's yeah fun. And, and it doesn't need to it doesn't need to start in a, a decorative style you know you could start with right. smoothies and learning how to paint and getting the shape right and the anatomy you know that that goes a long way because that will translate you know getting your anatomy right on a on a smoothie with no feather detail in it and no burning and no vermiculation and nothing like that that will turn you you know, into getting the anatomy right. And then that'll also turn you into, you know, going to the next phase of like painting better because you could take a smooth decoy and then you could really step up your paint and your paint could just bring that bird to life. You know what I mean? There's, right. there's several ways of bringing it to life, you know, whether it's in the carving detail and the feather detail, or is it painting a smoothie and then, you know, that paint scheme, just there's so much feather detail in the paint that it just, you'd swear that it's carved into the bird, but it's not, you know, that's the right. cool thing for me is seeing those two styles and how lifelike they look in their own way, you know? Right. Yeah. yeah and there's room for all those different styles, yeah. you know, you don't have to get pigeonholed into decorative is better than gunners or or vice right, versa right it's just for the love of waterfowl that's right and 
and creativity. There's no doubt about it. Perfect. TomChristyArt.com if you want to go check out Tom's stuff. Great to visit. I love talking decoys. I could talk all the time about them. So when I'm on with you guys, it's just like I just ramble because I love it. So, <laughs> And you, you guys have made it real easy and just a great, great time. And the quality of the final products is just incredible. So, you know, my hat's off to all you guys. We really, really appreciate all the stuff that you guys do and are doing and in the process of doing so appreciate that and appreciate you guys helping us out thanks for including me mario i I really appreciate it awesome all right listen have a great day uh hope to see you soon hopefully we're getting together this fall to get some hunting in right (laughs) about that would be exciting exactly i won't get my hopes too high but I'm going to get them Hopefully high. it works out. We're going to get together at some point. I'm going to make a point of it, so don't worry. <laughs> All right. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Mario. Thanks, Tom. Talk to you soon, bud. Have a great day. Talk to you later. All right. Bye. Tom Christie. Incredible carver, incredible sketch, incredible sketcher, painter, creative mind, great guy, just, man, just all around, just awesome. And he's just one of the four total awesome carvers we have at FA that are just like, we're over the moon about the guys and the team that we have putting out products for you guys and gals. So, man, just, it's awesome being a part of it. If you want to check out Tom's work or anything else we got going, you just go over to our website at fabrand.com. We are also live in Canada at fabrand.ca. So make sure you check that out if you're in Canada because everybody up north is always yelling at me saying, you guys are always forgetting about us up here and we're not anymore. We're up there and we're ready to go. So you can do that and check us out there. Um, Yeah, hit our social pages up. Go like us and follow us. Hit us up on our uh, YouTube channel and subscribe to the channel. There's, man, there's tons of videos and everything on there about products and our web series, our hunting series, and, and as we travel the country and the world uh, chasing birds. So check all that out. We appreciate you guys uh, listening and being a part of the FA family. All right. Shouts out to uh, our partners and everybody that's with us as we travel and do all this stuff, and that's Federal uh, Ammunition, uh, the folks at Weatherby, uh, who are just like cranking shotguns out left and right now and coming up with some cool stuff. So big shout-outs to them. Roger Sporting Goods, which is, like, that's the home of Waterfowl. If you want to buy it, they got it. And uh, Leupold and Saskatchewan Goose Company and Tyler and all the guys up there. So, listen, appreciate you guys listening to the FA Podcast for today. I'm Mario. I'm out.